Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Michael. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on Today y Manana here on a... It's a kind of a muggy morning here. Yeah, it got muggy. It was really cool yesterday. Well, today. we had that um, the smoke again coming. Yeah, through. the haze came yeah, through Yeah, exactly. You had the orange it, uh, on. And a little, but it was pretty cool and nice. It was, yeah. Out. I think it cooled it off, say. which is good, because last week, remember, we hit the triple digits. Yep. Everyone thought yep. that we were all going to die. We were here on a scorcher. Last week uh, on today, manana. This week we're not quite as hot, but it's still a good time to grab your iced cafe con leche or your cafe con leche, get to your nice cozy spot, and enjoy some today, manana. And so we've got some great guests that are going to be joining us shortly uh, on the show. We're going to be joined by Angela Hod and Amy Morris, the co-owners of both the Franklin Estate and Due Sorelle, two beautiful uh, locations that we have here in Central Virginia. Yeah, I'm excited. For weddings, events, many, many things. We'll find out just how many things when we, <laughs> when we speak to them. But they're going to be joining us shortly. As always, we love being here on the I Love Seville Network set. Uh, a couple of thank yous, of course, to our presenter, Emergent Financial Services, as well as our amazing partners at Matias Yon Realty, Credit Serious Insurance, Tazer Hillsider, and Forward Adelante. Definitely appreciate uh, all the... All the great partners that we have on the show making making it happen. And all the viewers who watch and exactly we like and, and share and all that jazz. And as Xavier says, subscribe. Subscribe. Which you can do as well. Just follow if you're on uh, on Facebook. Already already got some people liking liking today's show. Dale Fontaine liking today's show. Lorna Gibson, Jessica Cross Ayers, thanks so much for for joining us and liking this morning's show. Appreciate it as always. So I don't know about you, I'm ready to Jump in, yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll we'll touch some some beautiful locations. Yeah, let's go here, for here it. Charleston. So we're really excited to welcome to the show this morning, Angela Hogg and Amy Morris. They are sisters, I believe, and mm-hmm. co-owners of both the Franklin Estate and the very aptly named Due Sorelle. So Angela, Amy, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having us. Oh, we're, we're excited to have you both on. So for those who haven't met you before, tell us a little bit about yourselves and maybe how you first came across or decided to, to start, you know, the Franklin Estate in Due Sorelle as, as these amazing locations. Would you like to start? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so the two very different beginnings for both mm-hmm. establishments. So the parent company of, uh, let's see, Due Sorelle, we'll start with this one, uh, is ARA Properties, which was created by our father and our late father. And after his passing, um, things were changing a little bit. Um, he had historically been an entrepreneur of all things, many things. Um, and the, the bulk of the properties and the bulk of his business was in real estate. So buying, selling, renting real estate. Um, and in his health decline, he um, was down to more just basically maintaining and renting um, residential and commercial properties. Mm-hmm. So we were at that phase um, after his passing. Um, we decided to not to branch out a little bit more, um, which which is also where there's a this is where the two kind of merge the Franklin Estate and Due Israeli. Um, at that time, um, the Franklin Estate was his home built by um, our mom and dad. Oh, um, long, yes, long long ago, and so um, and funny funny thing that most people don't know they try to figure out our maiden name is Daniel and so why is it not Franklin. the Daniel estate <laughs> and um, so his name was Frankie his middle name was Franklin and so whenever I would be a silly little girl and tease him you know kind of talk back you know I'd be like no Franklin I don't want to you know mop the floor or whatever so we gave it a little lighthearted spin um, since we knew that we were headed in the direction of 
joining, gathering, joyful times, time spent mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, we decided to give it that little, just sweet nod to our family. So the Franklin Estate, um, and in our ability to be able to keep the Franklin Estate in its over 6,000 square feet just in the main house, um, it is a big one, um, we decided to break it into smaller pieces and um, do the sort of short-term rental. Most people know Airbnb, so they know the Airbnb, but yep. we're also with Airbnb, VRBO, um, Booking.com, and so we divided it into five individually operating units that have all, you know, they're, they're completely functional all by themselves, kind of like apartments with mm-hmm. private entrances, or they can be shared, so folks can come, oh, 20 folks neat. can stay in the big giant estate together, or they can stay privately oh, and enjoy nice. the pool, and then we moved on to renovating the garage space, which is now a party room um, where we do things as far as um, pool parties all the way up to weddings. Wow. So that is that one. That one. It got pushed a little bit faster in development because we started on Dewey Sorelli around about fall of 2019 and we were really getting into renovation around about March of 2020. <laughs> yeah. And no a wedding venue. For a little a while, brand yeah. new wedding venue. Can you imagine? <laughs> so um, so we shifted gears into the renovation of the Franklin Estate instead because we knew there would be opportunity for two people to be traveling together. Those yeah. kind of things. So we shifted over focus over there. Once it was completed we moved back over to completing the renovation of Dewey Sorelli which came about. It was not a family piece. A lot of people ask that question. Is it a family farm? And it's not. We both always dreamed of having a farm. And sign after sign after sign kept pointing to this farm. And it was an auction property. And we showed up together at the auction and did not expect it to actually become our farm. And lo and behold, it did. It did. It did. And after lots of time spent with family and friends, uh, lots of people coming and just being so relaxed and amazed and just going into, um, you know, just a just a joyful hangout spot. We decided we couldn't keep it to ourselves, so we decided to share it, and it became um, transitioned into, we renovated and made it a wedding venue. It's a, I mean, they're both beautiful spots, Thank which you. is so nice to, to see. So, like, what are, so, I mean, wedding, we'll get into weddings in a moment. What are some of the range of events that people could host there or have hosted at, at either location. <laughs> Do you want to talk so? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, so we go from anywhere. We Actually, there's an app that's not as well known in our area. It's a little better known in the larger cities. It's called Swimply. And uh, have you heard of that? No. No. So again, during the pandemic, there was a space where people couldn't go to public pools. And so individuals oh. started renting out their swimming pools for people to come and be able to use the swimming pool. So it took off and people still like to just come and use. So we have all the way down to, they can rent our pool for one hour and they can come in and go swimming with just their family or they can make it a full blown event. So we go from just folks gathering for simply to get together with a group. Um, We have folks to get together for a back to school bash for the kids. All the way up to birthday parties, um, uh, retirement parties, corporate events, um, let's see, what else? Uh, wedding rehearsals. Rehearsal, rehearsal dinners, we'll host those. If there's a yeah. wedding elsewhere, we also can just host the rehearsal dinner, uh, bridal luncheons, um, bachelorette parties. The so the we yeah. love hosting events. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. if they want to come to us and and gather, we're open to it. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. So it has a com- – and now do both places have a combination? I know Franklin Estate certainly does – um, where there's some accommodations as well as 
the location so you can have people if you're worried about like guests oh man they're coming from out of town they might even stay you can kind of have them stay some of them there in the state itself indeed so and the two you two venues are only five minutes apart so the franklin estate can house 20 and we can house um Dewey Sorelli up to 24. We have two houses on site that house 12 each, mm -hmm. so we can have 24 on site there. That's a, that's pretty nice. It's a good little combination. I know that's always something that's kind of on people's minds. Definitely is. When the day is those desks coming in from, from out of town. Mm -hmm. So if someone was planning a wedding or just any party, why? what would be your best pitch as to why they should have it at the Franklin Estate or Dewey Sorelli? So, so I should explain. I normally, for our English translation, would call it Dew Sorel. So du most du people Sorel. will know it as Dew Sorel. Mm -hmm. Looking at it, that's how we pronounce it. So yeah. I'll, I'll throw that in there. Um, so um, it's a little hard for me to convey what makes us special until someone has been there. Mm -hmm. And when I ask people what our superpower is, so I've asked wedding planners, I've asked other people, and they say that it's the relational connection that I have with our couples and our over and above steps that we take to ensure that it is their day. They, I, couples and, and families, whoever's coming, always says, I'm like, it's, it's your day, not our day. And we truly make it as such, even to the to the point that we don't tell them where their wedding ceremony has to be on the property. We actually have five locations on the property that we show them they get to choose. Or they can oh, have it inside nice. the barn. Yeah, it's their day, not our day. Um, and so there are those things like that the, the, um, the relational connection and the above and beyond that we take to ensure that every single last detail is completely and totally mm -hmm. joyful and their own. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's a lot of amenities there in terms of things that you can... Uh, the, like options that you have at both places of where, like you said, where to host the ceremonies, lots of different things. There's a pool, there's, a pool, there's <laughs> different rooms. Um, Sarah Frost watching the show, um, oh. she's so excited. She's going to get married there in September. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she says it's the personal feeling oh. to make sure that they feel like family, that they're really, uh, Thank you, Sarah. They're really loving about it. <laughs> you know, Bobby Morris also watching the show. <laughs> This morning, thanks for thanks for joining us. So that's a that's a key element, I think, is that just how how do you both work with the kind of the the, the couples when they're kind of going through the process and planning with it? What what would like the process be like if someone like a couples reached out to you and say, hey, we're interested in touring and and maybe considering either one of these places? Uh, so normally, just kind of walking through the process, they reach out to us. We start with a phone call just to get to know them again. I don't want someone to choose us because we looked good on paper and we aren't a fit for them. Mm -hmm. um, I want it to be their perfect day, and that's my goal. Um, so we do start with a phone call that gives a, a rundown of the amenities, what we provide, the tables we provide, the chairs that we provide, um, just the atmosphere, um, what the, the space is like to get ready, whether they choose to get ready on-site or not, or whether they want accommodations yep. on-site or not. We allow them to have that choice as well. They don't have to stay on-site if they don't want to. Um, they can come day of only. Um, so we kind of go through all of those and just kind of find out who they are. I always start that conversation with, how did you meet? You know, I want to know them. Yep. It's not We're not a wedding factory, um, and we never wanted to be such. Um, our goal is to have that special connection, that time spent, create that joy of gathering um, for them and with them. So we do that, and then we have our on-site tour is pretty in-depth and lengthy, and we give the history of the renovation and the transition, and so they truly get to understand who we are, yeah. what we do, how we've invested into both of the properties, um, and to really get to know us. And then the communication is 
of course, constant when they're planning yeah. um, throughout the process, all the way to um, you know on-site uh, rehearsal time with our couples, and then throughout the wedding day. And they get a full day on-site with us. So again, it's not. We're not cranking out three weddings in a day. Yeah. Um, they get to come. They get to have peaceful time um, where it's not as rushed. It's not as chaotic, and that's our goal. That's and I think that's really nice here because you know because I got married back in uh, in May, and you know one of the things you see a lot when you're looking for venues that we were looking last year is particularly as beautiful as the wineries are. You kind of are a lot of the options once you go out, and you're not like in a once you try to go out to the to the spaces where it's beautiful and you can see like these farms where you can yes. see out you've done a lot of wineries and you're kind of locked into that okay it's <laughs> 5 30 to 11 and you guys are done like you, you can only come in here you're, so it's nice to kind of have that flexibility because people may want to get married at different times depending on the time of the year they might want to just relax for a certain <laughs> amount of time and i know sometimes you allow people to stay people to stay for like like a friday to yeah, sunday absolutely. kind of package and so. we encourage it because it will be so much more meaningful to have that extra time with the people who matter most. You may, you're probably mo very familiar with that right now. Um, those people, those tons of people that are coming in that mean so much to you. Yeah. But if you don't have time purposefully like set aside on site in a space where you get to see them, that little bitty window of the reception yeah. is tiny, right? It is. And um, to just have that extra time with the people that you love in such an important time. Um, so I always encourage that they stay on site just to have like those little moments at the, you know, at the end of the night, maybe the night before Friday night where you know all the bridesmaids are sitting together assembling mm. I don't know centerpieces and, yep. the, and the groomsmen are you know reminiscing over old times and you know just having that space to do that absolutely yeah. no it's really that's really kind of neat that you're able to, to kind of offer that to people absolutely absolutely and we have had it happen that um people stumble across us on Airbnb and just like the parents <laughs> happen to you know the 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 parents of the bride or the parents of the groom and then ended up end up choosing us for one of one of their events one spaces. of the venues mm -hmm. yeah. which makes no sense is they're looking like okay where can I stay right. and it's like oh look and, oh wait, that's also a very nice venue there yeah. that, uh, that we could use. A little parental pressure always <laughs> never helps, never hurts. Parental right? guidance, parental guidance, guidance, and uh, friendly advice. <laughs> it's like you know, if you do this here, everyone can stay there. Because that's something one of the biggest challenges I think yeah. for people that have weddings and a lot of people come from out of town. Mm -hmm. There are not. Let's put it this way: there are there are a lot of hotels in Charlottesville, but they all tend to be full. They do all the time. So it's nice to say. You, you do not have to go find, especially if your wedding's small enough, you do not have to go all find rooms and you're competing, especially in those peak wedding seasons, yes. you're competing with the law school events, UVA, graduation. Yeah, certain people have to get married in May and then it's like the week before graduation, so all the hotels are booked. I can't, I, worst. those are the worst. Absolutely. <laughs> we have a wonderful couple who is getting married on UVA graduation oh, weekend with yeah. us. But I always, you know, on those ones, I say, get started quickly, start secure early. your caterer quickly, secure mm. all of your vendors as quickly as you can, Absolutely. because it is, uh, you know. I was mentioned that because a certain person got married the week before graduation. Oh. I think, I think <laughs> we both, I think Nick was too. Nick was too, yeah. yeah Absolutely. Was. So yeah, booking all the hotels while the family was a nightmare. It's a challenge. Correct. It's yeah. a challenge. That's actually our first weekend to book. In so prior to full-blown weddings, that was our first weekend to fully book for short-term rentals is that weekend above any other weekend yeah. holidays all the things is mm -hmm. 
UVA graduation weekend. Even though we are about 30 minutes from right here, um, we are still, that's our first one to fully book. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Now, when people only book a portion of, like, the estate or something, are the others still available to be booked because they all have separate entrances? Or? So for the Franklin estate, no. They get the entire estate because of the way that it is situated and the proximity to the entertaining space and the use of the portion of the main floor for getting ready, things like that. It really wouldn't be, it wouldn't work well for other people yeah. to be in your space. Now the farm, they do have the farmhouse, which is the closest proximity to the barn, the venue space. The other house on the farm is a little bit set off um away and so that one we do sometimes have other people but they never cross paths you can't even yeah. see each other oh, which from is the nice. space so, so that get, one works so you way. get the privacy mm-hmm. when you're booking the wedding there right. and so far right. oh that's that's really nice yeah. you have and, another and, oh go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, God. ask the question first. so um how many people can you fit for a wedding inside the, the franklin estate so we can actually have, we will host up to 200, wow. not staying on site. Did you mean yes. staying on site? No, 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 just for the wedding reception. For, for the reception, yes, yeah. up to 200, tented. So that one would be tented. Okay. Inside, for fully enclosed um, climate control, we do, um, ours are 50 and under. Okay. Oh. So we have that space where it's climate controlled, and then we go to tents when it's larger. However, our largest ever hosted there was... 400 and that was mine <laughs> um, that's special that's, yeah. that's unique and it was tented as and well. it was tented yes. I can imagine yeah. no I didn't want the tent I didn't give in to the tent until one week before with 400 people coming and my now husband said it's going to rain it's we have to have a, a tent <laughs> I'm like okay fine so do, do you do no tent if you're like what, what's the parameter for putting out a tent? Like, is it like you measuring the weather? It's like, okay, if it's over 20%, we put the tent, or you just generally... We have it on hold with the tent rental company, like, so we have to have that hold with the tent, and then the decision is made uh, per who they choose for the tent, or if we are providing the tent, depending. Um, it's really at the mercy of the tent company that says, when do we have to have the decision made? Uh, okay. But we wait as long as possible, because I'm an outdoor girl, and I was that girl that really wanted that outdoor wedding. No, absolutely. And so, again, that's something that plays into the, the way that we operate, the treat others the way you want to be treated. And I allow our couples, like, the last possible minute. Um, in fact, I was doing a final walkthrough with a bride and her team um, just this past week. And they have a, there have been a smaller ceremony and a larger reception at our farm. And I said, look, you don't have that many. If you're okay with, you know, stocking some towels some some quick dry chamois and you want to make sure with a small group everyone can stay in the house until it's time for your ceremony and i'm okay with that like we will make it happen and we will run out there with chamois if you need 15 extra minutes to make your ceremony happen in the place where you want it to happen so yeah yeah so we wait as late as possible possible. it makes it a little crazy on our team when i do those things and they my team doesn't always love me at this moment, probably. But. But I, think, I think that's what people really appreciate. Lorna Dipson uh, comments, great family-oriented venues and beautiful locations to consider. Oh, so I think you. that kind of attention to detail and, like, feeling like a family is there, yeah. like, I think people really appreciate there. Out of curiosity, because our audience always loves, like, the entrepreneurship side, what's it like? What was it like to kind of take that punch and say, yeah, we're going to run this like not just as real estate, but like as functioning venue businesses, what's it kind of like on the behind the scenes and, and doing that? Behind the scenes is busy. I work around the clock. Um, there is no time off. I was just mentioning yep. we were in um, Spain. We, we hit France, Italy, uh, Spain a couple weeks nice. ago. And um, 
There was, uh, I know, one night where, you know, or many nights, we were the kids are at the swimming pool and I've got the laptop yeah. at the side of the pool, and um, or we're on an excursion to see the Coliseum, and I was messaging back and forth mm-hmm. with people here, like, hold on, guys, you, you go ahead with the tour. I've got to take care of some things. So that is the reality yeah. of the life of an entrepreneur, especially if you're heavily involved. Um, so, yes, hard work. Um, that was instilled in us by our father and our mother both. Um, and both drove home, you know, you, you work hard to succeed. And, um, and so it, without saying it, they were really good at, like, letting us figure out how, how we make that happen and to, like, earn what we, you know, what we have. And so um, it is a lot of hard work. Um, we like the flexibility, like days to day when yeah. um, I have a little girl here with me. Um, and I do get to see, I do miss a lot because my days, my hours are long. Um, but then there are times like this that we also get to have our children be involved. Mm-hmm. And she's, she knows what it's like. She's in the control room. She is in charge well, of this, uh, this production today. We especially like, she has a girl as well, my niece, and we really like to let our girls see what it's like to be a strong, driven female. Entrepreneur, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How about yourself, Amy? What are, what's the kind of life for you? Things you like? So I am an administrator in the county as well um, at one of the schools. And so it it is double time sometimes there were times during the pandemic part when we were really trying to pull things together at the franklin where i was working my full day there and then coming home to help mulch or you know the whole family was doing everything (laughs) uh and so we we actually got feedback from from some of our renters that they really thought that that was a special touch and they really appreciated that Mm -hmm. they saw our whole family out trying you know pulling things together and and kind of making it what what we want it to be and yeah. I think that we we also take the time sometimes we're visiting the farm just you know on a Friday night and we have renters at, at the farmhouse and we will ro- walk over and introduce ourselves just because we want for them to know that that we're glad glad they chose us yeah which is it's it's so nice I think people really appreciate that it's just, it's it's that it's really the beauty of entrepreneurship right you're you work really hard you put in sometimes double double <laughs> shift sure. right but then you're involved like you're there it's kind of what you want to make it and the values that you want to instill mm-hmm. are, are part of it and it clearly it clearly comes through when people are are staying or, or having their event there which is really nice john blair thanks for watching the show this morning he is uh tuning in appreciate it so both of you have been so great where can people if people want to like learn more reach out find out hey, you know what's what's some of the pricing what are some of the options there where's the best way to, to do that so as i mentioned since we are very flexible and we offer lots of different options that we found that it was really hard to have every detail option laid out like a menu on our website um, and it just confused people and so we do have some information but we have a lot more available than what you can find on our website but that's still the best way to find us so um i will say it in english translation do sorel farm which is d-u-e S-O-R-E-L-L-E farm, F-A-R-M dot com and the Franklin Estate dot com. Of course, phone number 434-985-3667. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure yes. to have you both on. Thank it's a beautiful you. place and just love that it's uh, it's run. We have a family business as well. So just love that it's a, it's a family business. Thank just you. providing such great memories to people here in the area. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. No, Thank, Thank you, you for so coming much. on. It was wonderful. It was, it was great to have you both on. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. So as we go ahead and swap a here, that's, uh, see, 
this Alex is one of my loves favorite the parts. I love the entrepreneurship. That's just one of my favorite parts of this show is you just get to see the amazing people and the great work yeah, that they're the doing. Yeah, the stories behind it too. Yeah, I know. That's always wonderful to hear. How Absolutely. it gets started, how it grows, you know, and, and the personal touch too. I think that's always important. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the difference between when you have corporate businesses and small businesses. I think it, the personal touch exactly. is what like, makes exactly. it. Exactly. Sarah Frost says, uh, thank you for making brides like my dreams come true. Brides oh. like, like dreams of brides like her come true. Yeah. So still Sarah's the getting country. married in like a beautiful time of year. September. September. Yeah, you might gorgeous. get like a little leaf change, you yeah. know. That's going to be beautiful weather. Not like May. <laughs> you know, it's raining. You really, you're not, you're not going to let it's that go. I know, I know. Uh, oh, Jewel Ballard says beautiful venue. So, man, they just keep the, the amazing uh, comments just keep coming in. So yeah. lots, of, lots of fans there. So really appreciate uh, both of them coming on mm-hmm. and joining us this morning. All right. So that finance topic today. Yeah. I, there, was, there was some sort of downgrading of her credit. You probably saw, yeah. It was uh, yeah. It was all over the news for a little while. Yeah. You know, like, oh my goodness, U.S. Uh, credit gets uh, downgraded and so forth. So it went yeah. from, so basically what happens, it went from AAA to AA plus. So instead of, I just, the, the third A became yeah. a, which is, it's not the first time that's happened to the U.S., right? It happened in 94 or something like that? It's, yeah, it's not the first time at all. And it may have happened even more recently, even more um, recently. than that. Um, that. And basically, um, what happens is there are rating agencies. So it, 2011 was the last 2011, time. 2011, okay. Um, it was by S&P that did it this time. This time it was a different uh, company. But to Fitch, that was Fitch. the downgraded this time. But... The, there are basically rating agencies whose job it is to rate debt and say, okay, this company's debt has a rating of AAA. I mean, it's like super safe. Yeah, you're, they'll you're, pay it back. They're going to pay it back. Double A plus, which is also, also kind of super safe. They're going to pay mm-hmm. it back. I mean, you go all the way down. I mean, there's B, double B, <coughs> excuse me. Non-investment grade, yeah. which is like basically the highest. The highest you can have is triple A. Triple A, right? So going from triple A to double A plus is not really and like, oh my gosh, this is catastrophic. Exactly, exactly. And it's not as though it, it, the implication is not that suddenly the U.S. is not, is going to be unable to pay its debts. I mean, it can print money, yeah. right? So <laughs> it's it's not as though that's going to happen. And really, the what I have to tell people is, yes, the stock market is going to react a little bit negatively to the news. Uh, bond yields went up a little bit. So th- what typically happens is, if you think about it in a general perspective, right, if your bonds are, let's say, single it, and now your company is not doing so great, and you get downgraded to double B, the signal to everybody is, Michael's company is now much less likely to pay back. He might not actually have the money to pay back if you lend him money. So you as the lender are going to say, well, I might still lend you money, but instead of 5% interest, I now want 9 which makes it harder for you to borrow money because now anyone who lends you money is going to be asking for 9%. So the yield, the interest rate goes up for your future bonds. right? Not the ones you turn, they have your future ones. Your future ones. Right? In the case of the United States... They went up a tick. It's hard to envision them going up much long term because if you think about it, the relevance of, in the, in the case of country debt, the relevance of the USA's rating depends in part not just on the USA's rating but who else you would invest in. So if you're a really big investor and you've been parking your money in 
USA bonds, right? Because you said, I need something safe to stick my millions in that gets me some interest, or sometimes, if you're, depending on how big your fund is, my billions, right? And I need to stick some, I need to have this somewhere that earns me some interest. And the USA now went from AAA to AA plus. Well, the question is, where do you move your, like if you're worried, where would you go instead? And so you look around the rest of the world saying, well, Japan, am I more, am I more, am I more likely to get my money back there? Europe is not exactly in a better shape than the United no, there's States. There's no country, right let's be honest. You don't have to there's go nowhere. one by one. There's no country. By the time you, know, you just go down the list, it just gets worse and worse. I mean, you exactly. have Latin America, and then every 20 years you don't get paid at all. Exactly. Right? Somebody collapses. Who has, who's had five dictators? <laughs> you know, so you reach the point that you're sitting there saying, there really is nowhere else to move the money. So it's not as though you're going to see a bunch of investors pull out of U.S. bonds and say, well, unless the U.S. pays me 10%, I'm not going to invest in the U.S. because I'll go to China instead. Right? It's just not going to happen. So can I ask you a question, though? Why did they get downgraded in the first place? What is the, uh, how does that even get evaluated? There are apparently the way Fitch does it, there is a model which takes into account data over a number of years. And data from 2020 is now being incorporated into this model. So between 2020, huge amount, obviously the U.S. has printed massive quantities of debt. Um, you then get inflation, I'm sure, factors at some point into this model. So apparently by the time new data got incorporated into this model, the outlook is worse. I think Fitch's model now thinks recession in either the fourth quarter of this year or next um, so in other words, recession is now being factored into the model. The risk of recession is increased in the model. So by the time the computer spits out a number, it says, well, even though the odds of the U.S. paying back this debt are still extremely high, the difference between 100% and 95% is significant enough that you've now gone to AAA plus. I mean, AA plus, which is still, let's put it this way, no investor is pulling out when someone goes from AAA to AA plus. No. Especially not if it's the U.S. government. Exactly. There are big companies out there that would love to be AA plus. Um, so it's, it's really one of those things that is not a huge issue. So I think, as an example, Apple's rating is big A, two little A's by Moody's which would probably be the equivalent of like A++ in Fitch. So in other words, even Apple, as a company, Apple would love probably to have AA+, right, mm-hmm. or AAA, right? So it's, it's one of those things that the odds of people pulling out are infinitesimally slim because there's nowhere else to go. Its impact, it might have a short-term impact where just as a result, the, you know, it kicks up a little bit, but it's going to mm-hmm. be a minimal... A minimal impact. So it's interesting. You said that Fitch was predicting, based on the model recession at the last quarter of this year. Uh, either this, quarter year this year or, la- or next. Let me. It's because that's check. interesting because I, I read an article the other day, and this person was worried about a recession in the fourth quarter of this year because he's worried that with the student um, loan debt relief, right? Mm-hmm. He's saying if that begins to end, which sometimes it looks like it is, sometimes it looks like it isn't. Yep. But he says if it ends, he says there's about $10 billion that students are going to have to, or former students have to repay 
in their mm-hmm. loans, and that will resume. He says they haven't been paying it for the past two, three years since COVID. That is, and he says the problem down. is that, in his opinion, they've instead of saving the money that they they could have been basically instead of paying their debt or their interest on their debt, instead of using their money to save it, they've been spending it mm-hmm. like crazy, and well, and, they, and and they've incurred even more debt, like yes. credit card debt and. I don't know what other type of debt, you know, maybe mortgage debt, whatever, car loans. So the problem is he's like, come that quarter, if that, if they continue and they say, no, we're not, the Supreme Court, I guess, keeps striking these debt reliefs Mm -hmm. down, and they say, no, you can't, you're not going to get a loan, we're not going to forgive your student loans, he's like, what are all these young people going to do? Well, especially since, uh, I think, somewhere between 20 and 30%, apparently, of student loan borrowers Spent the ten thousand they thought they were going to get before that got struck down. Yeah, that meant that. So you can imagine you don't have ten thousand dollars more in debt because you thought you were going to get ten thousand. Well, that's that's also the free. big one too. Like it's one thing to be like you're saying, well, I don't have to spend the money on you know my in my debt, whatever it is, my payment. But I saved it. Yeah, well, I saved it or I spent it elsewhere. But if you use that money and then got more debt, like credit card debt or a car loan. Now you're going to be paying double. Double, exactly. And so it is this fourth quarter that uh, Fitch expects the U.S. economy to slip into a mild recession. Is when you, when you said that, because, yeah, because that was already, some people were already well, worried they, about that. The, obviously, there is a new, they were, they're attempting another way to forgive student uh, loan debt. It's not a blanket forgiveness, because they mm-hmm. that obviously got struck down. Um, it's, a, it's a repayment method. Uh, and pushing to forgive um, student loan debt that I guess was already eligible to be forgiven in certain ways but hadn't been yet. Because already there are certain ways that if you work for the federal government for 10 years you or a nonprofit, you can get forgiven after 10 years. Apparently some of those had not yet been forgiven, so they're doing a big push to expedite those. So there's ways, but it won't be nearly as many people as obviously the blanket forgiveness mm-hmm. would have done. And that does, I mean, credit card debt is basically has now surpassed 2008 levels of credit card debt um, because people and people have basically run out of the excess savings that they had coming out of the pandemic mm. so that's pretty much done um, and there is debt so it's definitely because that's going to start I think October is when student loan repayment has to begin again the, the freeze ends um, and there's, I don't think there's an expectation that it's going to be frozen again the, that would probably be struck down as well. The rationale for that was that was being frozen under the pandemic, and it's difficult to see how they would be able to do that again. Um, so it's a significant concern. I mean, we've been kind of hanging on the recession might start cloud for the last year. I mean, we, we technically entered recession last year and yeah. then exited because we had two straight quarters of negative growth. Um, but then the, then it picked up in the third and, and fourth quarter, and we got some growth. So the question is whether that we dip into that area again. And as I said, the Federal Reserve has not stopped raising rates. They've started again uh, because inflation inflation came down, but not if you take out. So the last inflation number at the end of last month was at three. If you took out energy, which has been coming down a great, had been coming down a great deal, it was food and, and so forth was at five to six. So the most things people are buying have still gone up. Gas was coming down because we were dumping out of the strategic reserve. We're now down to like somewhere between two and three weeks. Um, that may have ended or the travel has picked it up because if you've seen gas prices, they've now spiked again mm-hmm. this past month. So 
that the inflation number may not be so rosy this coming month again. And the Fed may have delivered that. De 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 sort of, the Fed may have expected that because they then delivered the rate hike that we saw this past month. Mm. So if they keep doing that, they are going to certainly risk that we, they, they tip us into recession. And that's probably part of the part of the issue. Obviously, recession, the uh, the government typically spends more because unemployment starts to kick in, and it collects less because people are making less money. So yeah. if you calculate those, the money coming into the treasury decreases, which also hurts the ability to pay back debt. Again, they print, so it's not like it it disappears. It's not like they default, but that's part of what's factoring into the um, the questions. That that Fitch and probably some of the other rating uh, rating agencies are, are looking at here. So that's kind of what we're uh, looking at. Up, uh, Stacy Double watching the show. Penny Cheetah, Media Nice, Jessica Spain. Thanks for joining us this morning on the show. So that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of the recession risk. I mean, certainly there. It's been there all year, so it's not like it, it disappeared. It's just now the we're kind of yeah. It was just it, it just had to catch my ear that you mentioned Fitch possibly mm -hmm. projecting a, a recession in the fourth quarter this year when I literally just read in like an R about this today. So yes, you know, and they're not the only ones. A number yeah. I think uh, J.P. Morgan might be predicting it for the fourth quarter early next year. There's there's certainly a fair number that expect next year that in 2024 we'll we'll definitely hit it. Yeah. So at some point the cycle may come to that, particularly just given. Inflation, debt, and now interest rates, which, I mean, yeah. it's well known that Federal Reserve increases interest rates are sucking money out of the economy. You may well hit recession as a result of that. Mm -hmm. And that's something they, I don't think is beyond their understanding. They expect that as well. That's a possibility. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, tricky, it's a tricky time. Tricky time, yeah. Tricky Not time sure what the future holds. No, but, I mean, again, the key is trying to just stay steady um, and really... If you are debating at all, do I pay down credit card debt or invest or save money? Pay down the credit card debt. We get that question a lot. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Like, do I pay down debt or invest? Yeah. Pay down Espe especially if you're going to have student loans to be possibly resume payments. Exactly. And student loans at least are at they're at they're still at a low interest rate. They're at an interest rate that it's not like you cannot make it back in the market. Particularly if you're at the subsidized level where you're mm -hmm. looking three to 4%. If you're at 7 to 8% on um, subsidized loans, you then need to talk to a financial advisor to kind of figure that out. Um, or coach. If you're at 3%, maybe you could get away with, in other words, paying the minimum and not putting it. If you are sitting with credit card debt at 20%, you just, there, is, there is no investment. Like there, there is nothing you could invest in in the market that is going to net you 20% annualized compounded monthly. It's just anyone who tells you that they can do that, it's, I'm not saying they're lying, but it's a uh, take it with a grain of salt. Really look into that because that is a very difficult uh, decision to make. So yeah. if you are sitting there at 20% credit card debt, do not put that off thinking, well, let me pay down this first or let me take this investment first. Let me, I, I've seen... People suggesting, um, I've read some articles, I'd go on vacations. I, no, if, you're, if your vacation is being funded by credit card debt, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but you're, gonna, you're hurting yourself big time yeah. in the long term. 
you know, so Cynthia Murray watching the show this morning. Thank you. She says, uh, you guys keep putting out great info. Keep it coming. Thank you very much. She said, great advice. She, paying down debt actually is an investment in yourself and your financial future. Absolutely true. Like we tend to think sometimes people, I think investing is for the future and then debt is this other thing, but paying down debt, if that debt is charging you 20%, is the equivalent of a 20% gain. In other words, mm -hmm. if your choice is, do I invest? I have $500. I can either pay down $500 of credit card debt or I can put $500 into the stock market. The credit card debt is costing you 20%. The stock market, let's say you do want to be generous in the S&P 500, gets you 10% in a year, right? You gain 10% for your future by paying down the credit card debt. It yeah. doesn't feel like, it, just, it doesn't feel like you just took away I had 500 debt, now it's not there. But in terms of gained, you have gained 10% by paying down debt. And so that's something to always think about. Like, it's tempting to think that they're two separate things, but in reality, if all your money is, if you look at it from a holistic perspective, the investment side and the debt side, when it all comes to interest rates, it's how much am I paying out, how much am I getting in. And if I can save paying 20% rather than earning 10, I've gained 10. It's just, it's that simple. It's like if you were to, if I were to tell you, hey Mike, you got a choice. I could uh, pay you, uh, you owe me 200 bucks. I can either pay you 100 or forgive the 200. Which, forgiving the 200 nets you 100. Mm -hmm. It might not feel great because you won't get $100 in your pocket. Yeah. But to erase $200 that you owe me is greater. So you just look at it that way, and that's the, the power of it. So great, great comment there by, uh, by Cynthia Murray. Really appreciate uh, you tuning in this morning. So that, that's kind of our uh, advice for today. I know yeah. last thing we want to talk about, we want to talk a little bit about, just we've been, we've been not a little bit, we, I feel like we've reviewed everything for the last few weeks. Just a few weeks ago, we reviewed uh, Dyes and Dolls, Lord Dossi. Then we reviewed Tusca. Uh, yes. And now uh, we went to go see uh, Yeah, on Monday we went to go see Oppenheimer. So, we're, big, we're big Christopher Nolan fans. So absolutely. it was easy. Uh, it was not, so it didn't take much persuasion for us to go see it. Exactly. Went to Regal. So, went to go see it in IMAX. And it was definitely... Uh, it was what, was your, uh, what was your... What would be your pithy review? You know, it's, hard to, it's hard to rate Nolan movies on first watch because they're so mm -hmm. complex and they're so dense that, you know... You don't want to kind of just get the euphoria and then just throw it in there. Exactly. But overall, I, I definitely think it was better than Tenet, mm -hmm. um, the last film, and it was really, it was really good. It was structured into kind of like it felt like three different sections, like mm -hmm. the early life of Oppenheimer, and you kind of early on you see like he kind how of his mind works, how his mind works, and like he has the beginnings of like imagining almost the the atomic bomb, yep. you know. And when he's imagining it, suddenly the theater's shaking. It that was really cool. And then the middle parts of them actually creating the bomb, so you get that yeah, tension the of they don't project, know exactly spies, how much, how far the Nazis got, exactly how far the Nazis gotten, what's going to happen actually if they, you know, they detonate. put the bomb, detonate the bomb, will actually blow up the world. And then the third part was kind of like a more political side of Oppenheimer after he's built the bomb, kind of the government questioning his loyalty, mm -hmm. um, and there were some great performances all yeah. around, and the movie was. Really, really good. So I definitely recommend it for anybody. Definitely try to watch an IMAX if you can, because it was worth it. Yeah, but it was. You know, it's well, not an action sound. movie, but the sound and the visual experience is definitely worth it. It was, it was pretty impressive, I have to say, and rather gripping. Like you, um, you, you, for something that's a biopic, 
and it's three about hours scientist long. essentially. It's a three hour long biopic about a scientist, right? You would think that it's it might not be as exciting as a thriller or you know a, a dream heist or a space movie, mm-hmm. but it was actually you're kind. I, I feel like the last half of the movie, I was kind of like heart pumping. In the well, there's certain parts that your heart gets pumping, definitely yeah. when they're about to test it. Even though you know, like I know the world doesn't blow up because I'm here. Yeah. Right, but you still get that tension because of how it's filmed. Yeah. The actors are portraying that tension excellently so yeah. you kind of just you feel in the moment their tension of their worry of what's going to actually happen yep. you know seeing the blast is really cool and then you know obviously the let's see the, force, the sound wave yeah the sound wave of the blast they, they make sure you kind of feel that in the theater you kind of <laughs> when it hits you kind of feel like oh i was pushed yeah, back a little I bit was there. there yeah i was there yeah it was uh it was, it was a, really uh really fantastic <laughs> Nick, uh, Nick Irby watching the show's point comments. Are we really here? <laughs> like, let's not go there, Nick. Let's not. Well, go, we're we're uh, characters deep. in the dream. Yeah, we just uh, it's a dream within a dream. Exactly. Here, but that was impressive. Great performances. Yeah. Um, some actors that uh, I won't spoil it, but there's some actors, some cameos, some big name actors that you're like, I didn't even know he was in this movie. Everyone wants to be in the Christopher Nolan. I guess that's so. What it is. I guess so. And. Um, I, I had heard that Cillian Murphy was did a great job. Killian Murphy, actually. Killian, oh, Killian. Yeah, he's, he's Irish. Irish, Irish. Yeah, I know. I listen, we always used to be calling him. I don't feel like I'm correcting you on there, but yeah. it's actually, yeah. It's Killian, Killian. Killian. Oh, Killian. sorry about that. My apologies to the Irish uh, viewers. Yeah. If we have any. Uh, Killian Murphy, I had heard he did a great job, but Robert Downey Jr. Was excellent, too. Was yes. very good as well. So really would highly recommend... Definitely, to go yes. see it, you know, and it, definitely we recommend going to see it, Regal, IMAX, you know, support we're, we're, your local movie theater. Exactly. I mean, we're right. a little biased. We're, we're old fashioned movie theater people, so we kind of usually prefer to go to Regal. Um, but, uh, yeah. Support. So we're happy. We're happy that it stayed. There was a little point yes. in time I remember when we were really nervous. I would tune into I Love Sevo pretty much every exactly. day. Exactly. Like, I was telling Alex, I said, "You got to text Jerry. I need the info on Regal. Yeah. Do we have to make sure like, we can save it." Yeah, we'd be like, "Jerry, do you have inside info? Do you have inside info?" You know, but it was nice to see the theater was, packed, which it yeah, was. It you know, was. Yeah, I mean, it was packed for both this and Sound of Freedom. The yeah, it was filled both, with people. Both packed. So that's both good to see. Good to see. Um, and would recommend both movies highly. Yes. So it's 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 good uh, to support. We always talk about supporting local business. Also support your local movie theater. Exactly. Because it's, uh, it's a great. Because experience. the herpes like their movies, and, and yes, they, we do. You know, we can't watch every movie. So. <laughs> we, well, we can watch every movie. We just can't go watch them all the time. We can't exactly. watch them ten times. Yeah. You know. So, um, so what are you next looking forward to? Uh, I, we gotta go see Mission Impossible. I think. I, you know, the last one was really good. Nope. You know, Tom Cruise Tom, is always good. Tom Cruise is still kicking it, and he's making sure his movies are top notch. I mean, we watched Top Gun last year, and we were blown away. Yep. You know, so I think we'll enjoy. We also like longer movies, and I hear this one's also really long, like two hours and forty something minutes. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, we're Lord of the Rings buffs. I mean, four hours and twenty minutes, and we're like, oh man, it's, it's a, over it's already. Over already. <laughs> so uh, there's there's no length of time usually that's too much. But, yeah, it would be difficult. Unless it's a Hallmark movie where an hour and a half is a little too long. Yeah, exactly. yeah they could have cut out like they could have cut like a good hour of that movie. Keep that at seventy minutes. Uh, maybe a little less. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we would highly recommend mm-hmm. uh, and encourage people to do that. Uh, be sure to of course check out our guests from today. Angela and Amy, so the Franklin Estate and uh, Dewey Sorelle. Or Du Sorel, in case Sorel. you can't pronounce you know, it. Yeah, if you can't pronounce the Italian, you can, uh, you can use, the that. You can use the English version. It's English. allowed. 
It's, it's, it, we'll, we'll permit it. We'll permit it. Uh, but beautiful locations, uh, great places to check mm-hmm. out, and uh, particularly if you're getting It looks like a great team, too. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And it's important, having been through it, and obviously and, uh, having seen Nick go through you know, the, the wedding preparation process, it is important to have yeah. good people working with you uh, on a venue. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you want that. You want to feel comfortable that they know what they're doing so that once you've passed, because there's a point, let's face it, there's a point where you got to let go. Yeah. And when the day comes, you, you've done all the planning, you've set up how the day's supposed to go, how the reception's supposed to go. And so, and, but you got to let go because once you're in it, you can't be, you can't be doing things. You, you're the mm-hmm. bridegroom. You can't be moving chairs and that kind of stuff. So it's great to know that when the day comes, you can trust that the people you've worked with know what they're doing, they care about your wedding, and they're going to make it. They're going to make it work. Agreed. So that's what really uh, it's important. It's mm-hmm. important. So and it sounds like from from the commenters today that that's exactly what they do. So it's uh, you know, and uh, best of luck to Sarah Frost getting married. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> our congratulations to you, and hope it's a fantastic wedding in September. Thanks for for watching and commenting today. All right, but Michael, this has been uh, yeah. Who we have next week, Alex? So next week, uh, two more great guests. We're going to be joined by um, Kara. I said the Roher. My Spanish wants to say Roher. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that too. Yeah, owner of Leona Curated Jewelry and Accessories, as well as Jasmine Garcia from Jesita Beauty. Ah, okay, is, uh, is going to be joining us. So two two more two, fantastic two new guests too, yeah, right? Two new guests and uh, two more amazing female entrepreneurs. That will be coming on the show, so it's going to be lots of fun. I don't know if it'll be you next week or Could Xavier. Be we'll, Xavier. Find we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll leave it to the mystery. You have to tune in to see exactly. Who up. Tune in next week to discover is it Xavier back or is well, it maybe it could be Nicholas. It could be Nick. Nah, be Nick. I, don't, I don't know about that. The, yeah, the, the audience is now. Nah, nobody's going to watch. Yeah, I said, I'm not tuning in with Nick. Yeah. Once a year with Nick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After he spoiled, he almost spoiled Tosca live on air. They're like, I'm not watching Nick again. He spoils everything. Yeah, uh, yeah. He might tell me the end of Mission Impossible. He's going to tell me the end of Oppenheimer. What happens when they detonate the bomb? Exactly. He'll spoil yeah. it for me. Uh, Nick says it's not Nick. <laughs> what? Nick comments it's not Nick. It's not Nick. So it'll be Xavier or Michael. But you have to tune in to find Just out Nick which. then. Just that, Nick. Just for spite. Exactly. exactly. Well, Nick asked, is he really there? So, I mean, it could be it's Nick, but not Nick. But uh, really appreciate everyone who tuned in this morning. Of course, love being here on Isle of Seville Network set. Thank you, Judah, behind the camera. As always, making us look good. Thank you, Merchant Financial Services, for presenting. Uh, Our good friends, uh, Credit Serious Insurance. Be sure to check out Miguel and Chick. Any insurance questions, he's especially... He, of course, Miguel obviously is the one who gave us those great tips about making sure that you actually use your air conditioning and your heat mm. and you don't leave them off when you go on vacation because that's a, a good way, especially in, in, in the winter, to have things go mm. wrong. But also in the summer, you've got that humidity. You do not want Absolutely. to come back to a humid house where you've allowed mold to grow because you wanted to save some money on air conditioning, right? So uh, always be sure to check them out for some great... Uh, tips there, uh, home auto, you name it. Uh, Matthias Young Realty, Castle Hill Cider, Forward Adelante. Thanks so much for joining us today. That's all our great guests. Really appreciate your comments. Cynthia Murray dropping the, the truth bombs <laughs> on, uh, on debt right there this morning. But thanks so much everyone for, for tuning in. We appreciate you all. We look forward to seeing you next week. 
Thanks for being on with me. Thank you for having me, Alex. And uh, until that time, as we like to close it out on the show, hasta mañana.